You're listening to Let There Be Light, a podcast where we shed light on topics in the church today through discussions on history, science, theology, as well as our love for Jesus. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Ah, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) I'm Marlene. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to Let Let There There Be Be Light. Oh, guys. That felt good. That did. That's the last time we're going to say that this season. Yeah, not forever. Just not, to clarify. No. Yeah, for those who breathe the sigh of relief, <laughs> we are not canceling this We will this still podcast. be haunting your halls. Oh, yes, indeed. Which, uh, by the time this episode airs, it will be almost time to deck your halls. With oh. boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. La 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 la. Yeah, so oh. uh, we'll need to get, uh, if you're on the... Um, if you're of the American persuasion, you're going to need to get through Thanksgiving first. But uh, for those who are not um, constricted by the history of the pilgrims, you get to possibly decorate for Christmas early. Yes, okay. or whatever holiday you may celebrate. You know, uh, Kwanzaa, yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you Maybe want. You don't even celebrate anything. And uh, you know what? Maybe you're a solstice person. I I, knew, uh, I had a friend in college who loved the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was nice. Yeah. yeah. So it has, been a, it has been a ride. We have, what an interesting season this has been. We've yeah. really, we've dug into history in a way that we really haven't before. Mm-hmm. But I think that turned out really well, personally. Uh, uh, like, despite the inevitable sassy comments and, um, possible death threats, you know? You know what? I enjoy those at this point. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I just, it really adds to the experience. Absolutely. Uh, but we've really, well, we've drunk from the fire hose of information this season, I think is really yeah, the yeah. summary. Uh, we covered, what, five episodes of women? Mm-hmm. Three epi- three women per episode? Fifteen mm-hmm. different women? Pretty much, yeah. Lots of... Lots of history. We went from early church all the way over to the Reformation, which is a lot of centuries. We went over a spicy book review. Yeah, no, definitely very spicy. Last episode for those who want to check it out. Yes, uh, as always, guys, chronological order. Chronological order. You know? It's especially, especially, especially helpful, this series, because we did Eshet Kyle mm-hmm. or Eshet Heil. Eshet Heil is what I like to say. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, of Women of Valor, so go check that out if you haven't. Uh, and I thought this episode we would just do kind of a, a little, what's the application for us today? Little recap conversation on what Ooh, we've learned. I'm, I'm down. A little summation. Yeah, a little summation. We've had a lot of history, a lot of info. Now we can just kind of reflect on what we've learned, what we've noticed. So let's, uh, let's dig. Let's, let, let's get into it. <laughs> One theme I really noticed while we were looking over all these women is the real legacy of intellectualism and scholarship that we have from these women. There are many also who weren't, and they were also very significant contributors, but a lot of the women we went over really had this legacy they left behind in their writings, their the plays they wrote, the art they wrote, the advice they gave, the theological defenses that they gave, they were some really heavy hitters, right? And I thought this was really fascinating, and you can let me know what you think, but I think there's still to this day this lag of 
recognizing women as intellectual equals and with women being on the same par of intellectual contributions that men are in the church. Um, and I, you know, our audience can weigh in on this, but I, I, and I think this is slowly coming back around too as time goes on, but there's been, in my mind, basically from what we've seen, a real loss since the early church in the amount of contributions by women, particularly now that we know that most of the early church was primarily women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's this real kind. Of, there's been this real shift in understanding, and I hope it continues. And it, there's, it's always been present to some degree. There's this idea that women handle the emotional side of things, right? You know, the family side, the softer side. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I've been in several different churches, quite a few different churches. <laughs> I think it's just really funny that the family is the softer side because kids are crazy. Family stuff is hard. Yeah. Stuff. Sorry like, to interrupt. I just I had to laugh. Yeah. No, there's a that's a really good point because, you know, those who do stay home and take care of the family, they have got some hard got some hard work ahead of them. Yeah, and they're we, pretty powerful to be able to powerful. take care of all of those kiddos. We do want to honor that legacy as well as for of the women who do not choose to stay at home mm-hmm. too, you know. Uh, but in many of the churches that I visited, and you can kind of speak to this as well, I think there's women's Bible studies go a lot differently than men's. Oh. And it is just so consistent that I've realized it's based on a lot of assumptions that we've made. This is going to hurt me in my soul and I'm ready. Let's do it. There's this seems to be, from what I've observed, this real assumption that women talk about family. They talk about relationships. They talk about, you know, what they're struggling with, you know, cooking, yada, yada, which is all good stuff. That's fine. But in a Bible study... There seems to be less of this pressure from the church or even this expectation from the church that women will engage with scripture on the same level as men do. And there's really this understanding that men will have the theological conversations. The husbands will know. You know, if you have a question on theology, go home and ask your husband kind of thing. Not all churches, obviously, are going to go that hard. Mm -hmm. But there is these general themes that I've noticed that hold true no matter where I go. And typically, if I want to be able to have, unfortunately... This is not a diss on the women in these groups. I think it's the expectations behind it. But if I typically want to have a more in-depth theological discussion, I have to go hang out in the men's groups. I have a very, very specific example. May I share? You may. I was at a surprise party for one of my friends. And he had no idea it was happening. Mm -hmm. And I barely knew anybody else at the surprise party because I was good friends with him. And then I had two or three other friends that I knew. And two of those friends, they were a married couple. It was their house. So they were bustling around, not doing any, like, not talking to anybody, really just getting stuff done. And then there was one other friend, and he was a guy. And he was sitting with a group of guys, and they were chilling and discussing theology. Mm-hmm. And I went to kind of, because you know sometimes in, especially if it's a surprise party, that pre-party thing where people are getting to know each other, like, oh, how do you know so-and-so, la la la. I went to go along the gender line and go with the women, and they were all talking about favorite shows on Netflix. It was around Christmas time, I think. So it was like, oh, the Christmas prince and um, gifts for their boyfriends or husbands and um, their kiddos and stuff. And I was... Just a single girl of early, early 20s, like 21, 22. And I really 
wanted to talk about theology. And I ended up inching over to the other side of the room, like kind of munching by the snack bar, admiring the Christmas tree, just to eavesdrop on these men and their conversation. Mm. And I, I think that was probably one of the first instances that I recognized that ache that I just wanted to talk about Jesus with some people. I just wanted to discuss theology. And these men, they had no qualms about it. They didn't have to push the other guys to talk about it. It was all so natural. It came to them. And there were a couple of times after that where I really, really tried to push the subject with other women. And then they came up short because they they didn't have, I guess, the knowledge that I had because they it had never crossed their minds to do so. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, too... Right, because I've experienced this as well. I've experienced this as well. I wouldn't say, I think it's the lack of resources given to women. Because the the narrative, I think women are almost implicitly told in a lot of places, like, oh, you don't, like, that's not your focus. You don't really need that. It's not useful for you. I think it's the most common narrative I kind of hear. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't need that. Because the things the women are talking about are fine, right? But, like... There really is this emphasis on, like, you don't need that. And it's more of, like, theology is an extracurricular, almost, for women. Oh, that... You know what I mean? Yes, because that... Another instance when I was telling a mom at my old church about it, it was at her home, hanging out with friends. I told her how I really, really wanted to go to some sort of Bible college. Mm. And I remember... This is is not on purpose. This is really what was going on. She was washing the dishes while I was telling her this. I was standing over the sink and talking to her. And she just kind of shook her head, furrowed her brow, and, like, was scrubbing her dishes, like, more intensely. And she was like, well, that's what you have your Bible for. You could just read your Bible. Mm -hmm. And she said it in such a way that I was like, ow, because nobody I've ever heard has said that to a guy no and i've been in the presence when boys have been like oh i'm gonna go to seminary well i'm gonna learn greek to read it in its original form right i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and people always say wow that's so cool that's amazing that's awesome good for you but the moment i brought up i think i really want to go to bible college and just learn more about it and i was on fire for the lord i was so excited for biblical counseling right yeah (laughs) right yeah only for biblical counseling nothing else or just for enjoyment nothing else right you don't want to do anything else right so it was just yeah i think thank you for bringing that story up because it reminds me of something that happened to me a little while ago that i have not talked before about on this podcast because it was a very raw experience but this was a while ago, no names. I'm going to try to give as few details as possible because, I mean, I know a lot of these folks still. But there was this group of guys that I knew who all loved theology, right? And I would end up in a lot of theological conversations with them. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally kind of, you know. And so we would all end up having these theological conversations. And one of the older guys in the group was like, he put together, and, and I know I was involved in most of these conversations because... I want to go to seminary someday. I'm very clear on that. Um, I have always really wanted to since I was young to get, to learn more about theology specifically. Um, that's just my, no, you know, if you want to, if you're a woman, you want to go for biblical counseling. That's amazing. It's just not where I'm interested, but well, then the older guys in the group, um, who had been to seminary 
and was talking with everybody, he put together um, a, a, a group of these guys, an email chain of these guys, that was basically like, hey, I, I know all of you want to go to seminary, and uh, we've all had these great conversations, and um, so let's, uh, let's get together and like go through a book together and like focus on getting ready for seminary. I was the only person in this group who was not included in this chain. And one of the guys in the group kind of reached out, and I really appreciate this guy. He really he, I really appreciate it. He reached out, though it's kind of sad this even had to happen. He reached out and he was like, hey, what about Sarah? She's been involved in all of these conversations. You know she's also going to seminary. Why can't she come? And he was like, well, and I read his response to him. So this is not hearsay. I read this. His response was, well, she can come, of course, but with the caveat that she understands that everybody knows there and that like she ver and she verifies for everybody there that she is not going to seminary to hold any sort of leadership position in the church or to teach anybody with it. And I was so I remember getting that response and I was so humiliated for several reasons. And this is very raw. <laughs> uh, I was so humiliated for several reasons, as you can imagine. One, that I wasn't invited as an intellectual equal when I've proven that I am. Two, that I even, another guy in the group had to point out that I should be invited. Three, <laughs> that I of everybody there, even though not all of them there want to be pastors even, I of everybody there was the only one who had to stand up and be like, I swear on whatever that I'm not going to use this in a bad, in a bad, you know, quotes in the air, in a bad way or the way that you don't want me to. And it was so patronizing. And I don't think he meant it maliciously, but there was just so little, I realized in that moment, I've never felt the disparity between how men and women operate on that in the church and the expectations had never come out so clearly to hit me in the face. And I remember I cried later because I was like, this is incredibly humiliating and hurtful and I will always have to face this of I have to prove time and time again to people I'm here for the right reasons I promise I as a woman I'll sign off you know that I'm not gonna do the bad things that you don't want me to do with this yes I promise I'm getting this education for the right reasons none of them are asking those guys the same questions and so I think that is really the impetus behind a lot of the push that I have for this issue because none of that was okay and think of how many women and girls are going to continue to face this and the massive and like that's so crazy because you look back at church history with women who were the great intellectual contributors who were operating on the same exact level as their male counterparts all these women all these women and so i look back at the legacy and i'm like you would stand in the church given to you by your church mothers and you would look me a daughter in their legacy in the eye and say that you would look every child of, of God, every daughter of God in the eye, and you will tell us that? The damage that that causes, the hurt that that causes, also just, ugh, it's brutal. It's brutal out here. Patriarchy kills dreams, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you for sharing that, man. I know that probably took a lot of, uh, like, I, to go on that, like, go down that road and relive it because that's that's traumatic like what you said like the humiliation and then the the 
repercussions it has on your mental and emotional state from then on. It's like every time you get excited about this thing that makes you so happy, it's almost like it's always in the back of your mind, that one experience. I always have to fight harder to prove that I can be there and I should be there. Like Taylor Swift said... The, the Taylor Swift said, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so sick of running as, as fast, fast as, as I, I can. can. Yep. Wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. Oh, yeah. Good thing that good T-Swift. Amen, Taylor. Amen, <laughs> Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Another theme that I noticed coming up a lot during our history study is this theme of women being accidental revolutionaries, as in they're just trying to follow and obey the Lord, you know? They're not going out of their way to be rebellious women. You know, they're not like, oh man, I feel like I need to, I'm gonna destroy the patriarchy. They were literally just like- (laughs) They didn't wake up one day and choose violence. Yeah, no, they, all of them saw and felt powerfully the need and the call to stand up against wrongs done against them but also the marginalized and the church at large. They wanted the church to be pushed forward and to be glorified, and that's why they call out the things that they call out, you know? And I think a church and a culture that says you can't call out the things that are wrong because you're destroying unity is one that doesn't understand that unity is not built on the backs of broken people. (laughs) Oof! Say it again! Unity is built by broken people standing with each other, not on top of each other. And so I will, and we will continue, like the women in the past, to call out the things that are are wrong. Not because they're women who hated men Mm -mm. at all, but because they were, as they themselves, Argula especially, and, you know, and Christine, and... Proba. And Proba, and uh, Katharina, and Marie Dentiere... These are Christian, like, they are fellow co-laborers who must obey God. And we see this theme particularly in the Reformation, right? Yes. And I hope we continue to recover this and that we continue to reform. Ooh. I'm a huge advocate for, like, let's have Reformation number two. Who is going to be the second Martin Luther? Let's go. Who is nailing 96 theses to a Facebook Facebook post group? Yeah. Who will it be? Who will it be? That got away from me. Is it Who's posting be? all of these like very sassy things on Snapchat? Who's doing it? Who Who's is? It? Yeah. And that's, I want to reiterate for our audience, as you learn and grow and learn with us, and especially as we've come along and we've had lots of conversations about this podcast with people, I feel mm-hmm. like we're being very meta about the, yeah, the we're, conversations we're we've had aware. this time. We're so aware of the criticisms that get hurled our way. Yes. And I can use that language. Sarah will not. I am the spicy slash harsher one of the two of us. Uh, I've had lots of incredible conversations with people, and I've gotten to know people who are on the exact opposite end for me, and I'm so incredibly grateful for them. I've had a lot of really discouraging conversations. Mm. We've had the Um, whole range. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And I want to reiterate to every side, anybody who may come across our podcast, that our prayer in life as individuals, Mm -hmm. and what led ultimately to this podcast, is that we as women are standing up and teaching and exhorting and learning, always learning, not because we have this desire to like watch the world burn or criticize or whatever, but because we can do no less as believers. Like Mm. a couple podcast titles ago, Here We Stand. 
We have. We can do no other. Yeah. Don't have another choice, guys. We really don't. And I want the women who come after us to experience even more freedom to be the next philosophers, poets, writers, historians, theologians. And if this podcast in some small way helps inspire another woman to go to seminary, to face stuff, to stand up in church and say, I want to meet a small group. I want to, you know, whatever the case may be, or stand up even and say, I want to be celibate. I want to be married. I want to be a homemaker. I want to go get a job. I want this podcast to be some place that you will can find solace in. Um, was I was going to kind of wind this thing down with each of us kind of mentioning maybe a woman they were particularly inspired by. For me, I really liked Argula. Oh. She and her argument on women in the priesthood of all believers, for me, really foundational. There's a lot to build on there. That was, I was really, thank you, Argula. I hope to really be able to talk to you in heaven. Seriously, yeah. Oh, dude, you mentioned so many great women that it's almost like it's impossible to choose. Um, I think my personal favorites, I have two of the ones that I did, are one, Mary Magdalene, because mm, yeah. she is just so venerated in so many different cultures, belief systems, just she's so cool. And she's often misunderstood or, or miscast. Um, like, I, like I mentioned briefly, way back in the beginning of the um, series of Eshet Heil, that she is sometimes cast as a former prostitute, which is not true. There's no biblical evidence to support that. Um, but she was just... When she, when her life was changed by Jesus, it was changed. And she was such a great example of just loyalty. Um, and she was the first person that Jesus appeared to after he rose. And she became the first preacher of the gospel. Mm. And she was the first, she was the first woman preacher, basically. Yeah. We love her. And uh, my other one would probably, of course, be Junia. Um, yes. There's a soft spot in my heart for that girl. She's fantastic. Um, and there, uh, my favorite book is um, The Lost Apostle by Raina Peterson, Discovering the Truth About Junia. Heck yeah. Um, and just everything ab- about her history. And again, misunderstood, miscast by history as a man. Um, and she was outstanding amongst the apostles with um, her husband, Andronicus. Yeah. Those are my two faves, man. I love that. Hey, man. I, um, another thing about these women that you kind of mentioned is that all of them, they were powerful because they took a stand on something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, all of these women, whether for better or for worse, whether they were right or wrong, they loved their Lord and they said, this is this is the hill I will die on. These are the things I believe. Um, there's this book I've been reading lately by this guy named um, Makin, Makin, and he uh, he has this line in there that says, indifference about doctrine makes no heroes of the faith. And I like that, uh, I really like that quote because none of these women were indifferent. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you agree with them or not, we see them as great heroes and mothers of the faith precisely because they were very far from indifferent about anything going on in the church amen and that's what we call other women to do so you know we honor these past eshet heil these past women of valor for their contributions for their wisdom 
for their courage and most of all their stature as great saints and women in the church and sisters in Christ. This has been probably my favorite series we've ever done. I know, me too. I don't know, <laughs> so I don't know how we're ever going to top this. Not that it's a competition, but uh, this has been an amazing ride. And we're so, so beyond grateful that you guys have listened to this season. Thank you for supporting us for yet another Thank season. Thank you. Seriously, guys. Like, there's no podcast without you guys. Like, listening every week and your comments, your responses on our stories and reels and everything on Instagram, uh, the emails we get. You guys are, like, keeping us going and... We love to hear from you. And yeah, please keep emailing us, commenting, pulling us aside to talk in real life. Oh, yeah. Me, yeah. Love that. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. A uh, big thank you once again, uh, as we do usually at the end of the season, to Taylor Ray, our friend. Our girl, Taylor Ray, for the amazing photography that she has. Um, her website is taylorrayphotofilm.com and you can also find her under that name on Instagram and Facebook. Check out her work. Um, and the, um, thank you to a lot of the inspiration that we've had this season. So author Beth Allison Barr for her book, The Making of Biblical mm-hmm. Womanhood. And thank you to, uh, they won't ever hear this, but the Junior Project folks. Oh, yes. You guys are great. Uh, especially great resource also christianity today uh npr NPR, (laughs) and all the books that we read and all the research we did all the research thank you for going there before us well thank you guys again seriously thank you thank you thank you thank you we love you guys go be women of valor or men oh yeah guys come on yeah and And there there was was light. light